History, mystery, passion for telling the narrative of those who are no longer with us. Real people, real lives, with real stories to be told, even though they're now gone. It's the Grave Conversations Podcast, Season 1, Resurrecting Raymond, a son of Menasha, Wisconsin, who bravely fought and died for his country in World War II. His story went to the grave with his last known relative. Through research, dumb luck, and dedication, we will be able to paint a snapshot of a young man who gave everything for his country, including his life. The Grave Conversations Podcast starts now. And we are on. Uh, welcome to the Grave Conversations Podcast. My name is Fife. Got uh, Woody here. How you doing, everybody? And we have Kat. Hello. Uh, so this is going to be a, I want to say, unusual podcast because I don't know how many people are doing anything like this. You know, when you first brought it to me, we did a little uh, research. I didn't see any other podcasts like this. And this is your... Between the two of you, this is like your little, I don't want to say fetish, but like your little. <laughs> that, is, that is not the choice of word that I would prefer. I mean, it is like a little creepy. I feel like that takes it to a different level, though. No, I, didn't, I didn't mean like that, but like it's something that you guys enjoy to do, like go and, and, and look at grave sites and find different gravestones and things that interest you. And uh, I think this is going to be a unique, fun podcast. Well, the, the basis behind this is... Um, we believe that everybody has a story to tell, even Absolutely. people who are gone. I mean, you go into a graveyard and there are monster stories mm-hmm. that should have been. That was a bad choice of words. <laughs> <laughs> it was a bad choice of words. Just monster. Uh, it was, but but there's so many stories that, that need to be told, and um, and it's weird because my wife can attest, Kat, you know how much I hate cemeteries uh just a few years ago i hated them oh really we both did actually um i was one of those kids growing up that you go by a cemetery even in the car and you hold your breath you don't breathe um because why (laughs) well i do actually specifically remember my older cousin jason he was one of those cousins who thought it was funny to like torture the younger cousins Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. um love you jason (laughs) Anyway, um, (laughs) he would tell us, like, well, you can't breathe when you're around a cemetery because then the dead people are jealous and they'll, like, come back and get you and then you'll die. You have a terrible, terrible cousin. (laughs) I mean, he's horrible. Uh, No, not horrible. (laughs) He's really lovely. Well, and the thing for me was uh, I have an impending doom about death about me all the time. Every year I get older and I freak out about getting older and – you know, death is, I think I heard it described as the only club that is not exclusive because everybody gets to be in it. Unless you're a vampire. Unless you're a vampire. And it, it freaks me out a little bit. And so I did not, I don't like, dri- I didn't like driving by them. I was not interested in it. And then we took a trip to New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Mm. They have some of the coolest, most beautiful above ground cemeteries. Yeah. The mausoleums are gorgeous. The statues, the artwork, all of it is just fantastic, and it completely except for Nicholas Cage's future. Yeah, Nicholas Cage, awful. he ruined the most beautiful cemetery you have ever seen with all these old mausoleums. Did he bedazzle his? Basically, no. he, it's awful. He took he took and bought two of the older ones, tore them down. What? 
and then built a giant pyramid in the middle of it with the all-seeing eye that that's on the dollar bill. Yeah. And I can't help but think it has to do with this stupid treasury movie. Yeah, national right. treasury. Yeah. <laughs> so, so he ruined the cemetery. Uh, but uh, back to what I was saying, like with with the the cemetery thing, I started to realize how beautiful these cemeteries are. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of, I guess one day we just decided to go into a local cemetery here in Wisconsin, and it started from there. Well, I think another part of that too was. Um, so, I mean, you you love history, um, especially like Civil War things. I happen to be interested in World War II. Um, I guess we're a little bit creepy that way. But um, you had talked about previously, many years ago, wanting to see, you know, a graveyard, a cemetery that had some of those graves in it just because you were curious to see, you know, like the ages of the people and where they came from, that kind of thing. Um so then, of course, and like you said, when we went to New Orleans, you have to see that. Like, there's not an option to, like, miss out on those right. because, I mean, that's, like, their treasure. Well, and then the weirdest part of how this all got started was my initial idea, which I discussed with you in the car. And you thought, you know, that might not be very sensitive. Um, I thought it would be a cool video to get a camera crew and approach people that were visiting a grave at a cemetery and asking them to share their stories about their loved one. And um, obviously that's not the way to go about this. It, you, you could, but yeah, you're going to, if you ask 10 people, you might get one, maybe two of them who will right. share stories. The rest will give you weird looks. Well, and right. it, it kind of evolved from there. I think then after that, my brain started kind of like stirring because I really started to get interested in the stories, the stories, the stories. Mm-hmm. Morbid curiosity will always kick in for any human being, and that's kind of what happened to us. Mm-hmm. We saw that a lot of the gravestones now have pictures of people on it, mm-hmm. and we came across several with younger people, and when that morbid curiosity kicked in, we had to look them up. I was curious. We had to look okay. them up? I had to look them up. I was curious how, how this person <laughs> could be so young and dead and like, it freaks me out because you don't think about that in your everyday life. You know people die all the time, people of all ages, but you don't think about it every right, day. Right. So when I saw it, I'm like, this is interesting to me. I want to know their story. And then this is how this whole podcasting popped up, and we got with you and talked to you about it. You love yeah. history. You yeah. are a former teacher. Yeah, I was a history teacher for a number of years. My, I have my bachelor's degree in that, and I, I taught it. I love just understanding and and, and kind of – Digging into uh, history things, we uh, you came across um, the the first uh, person that we're going to be talking about, and uh, I had done some research on uh, World War II stuff, so we just kind of clicked, and it just made you know it just made sense for us to uh, to start a podcast like this. And it's weird because uh, Woody and I work together, so him and I would be working on stuff at work, and then yeah. I'd get with my wife, and we'd spend the weekend in a library looking up stuff. So it was like a kind of a communal. Uh, a little bit here, a little bit there with each of us working with each other to try and kind of figure the story out. And right. what we didn't realize, what I didn't realize when I decided, let's do this this soldier uh, as the first person for the podcast. What I didn't realize is how difficult this was going to be because he has no living relatives. And we were in a situation where there was nobody to turn to to ask about his life. Right. No and one. That, to me, again, is very terrifying because I think there was another quote I heard. You die the first time, 
but you die the second time when the last person who knows of you dies because mm-hmm. now your story is forever untold. Banished. Gone. No way of tracking it unless you were famous enough to get in the history books for whatever reason. Like, it's, it's over. Right. Not everybody can be a Benjamin Franklin where, you know, there's tons of stories about that guy and what he did and the contributions that he did. But you know what? The average Joe who didn't do all of that stuff still has a cool story. Right. Still did stuff. I mean, I am not the most fascinating person in the world, but I know there are some cool stories that I have already lived that would be great for people to know about me someday when I'm not here. I've been trying to figure out a way to record them so that they can just hit a play button when they walk yeah. up to my tombstone. <laughs> All of your stories? or No, there's a just few the we ones should that definitely. Are appropriate. There's definitely. <laughs> can you think of any that we shouldn't tell, honey? Can I plead the fifth? Yes, you okay. probably for our sake. Yes, please. I think I know stories that you shouldn't tell. <laughs> <laughs> There's definitely some stories that shouldn't be told, and honestly, that is one of the things that I do find a little bit. Um, I guess I don't know if the word is fun or scary about this situation <laughs> is because we never know what we're going to uncover as we, right. we select somebody to tell their story. Um, this one happened when we went into Menasha. Um, I think you found the cemetery, and we were driving by it. Yeah. Um. So, just a little bit of background here. Uh, the two of us, we like to go out on the weekends and scout through cemeteries. They um, are party animals. <laughs> really, to- we really are. In such a short period of time, we went from <laughs> she can't even drive by one without holding her breath, and I'm just like, oh, I'm gonna die someday. To now, we just go hang out in cemeteries, yeah. and we're not like the we're not goth kids or anything, which. <laughs> I want to point out, <laughs> I want to point this out, though, no, this needs to be said because this is funny because not once but twice now we have gone to cemeteries with goth models taking yep. photos by mausoleums. Like yep. senior photos? Or yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, one was definitely a senior photo. The other one was a little more erotic. Yeah. Yeah. Why would yeah. you inviting me? <laughs> Well, unfortunately, we didn't know about it at the time. Did you guys yeah. try to photobomb them at all a little bit in the back? I, I did. I did, and I do this constantly. My wife knows one of my favorite things is to make every situation as awkward oh, as possible yeah. for the other person. Yeah, I know that about you. So <laughs> there were three roads we could have taken to not pass them, and I decided, let's drive right by. Yep, right in the middle of As them. slowly <laughs> as possible. Yes. And I did just that. <laughs> so we start cruising past these people as they're taking photos. And I just slow down and I kind of roll the window down slowly and I just kind of stare. Yeah, you did. And then (laughs) kind of come to a little bit of a stop and just stare a little bit more and then drive off like nothing happened. (laughs) It's great. But but this goes on in cemeteries and I never knew that. So that was something I learned. That's weird. You get your joggers and your Mm -hmm. bicyclists and people walking their dogs through cemeteries, which, by the way, most of them say do not walk your animals through here. Why? I just want to point out. I I don't know. I assume it's because people don't pick up after their dogs, but uh, it's a whole other podcast. Nobody listens. They 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 don't. It says don't do this, don't do that. People don't care. Well, they don't read. <laughs> True. Don't that is so accurate. Mm-hmm. So we ended up in this uh, Menasha Cemetery. No goth people in this one. Um, just a small. It's a smaller cemetery out of compared to the area cemeteries. The the St. Mary Cemetery that we were at, uh, a lot smaller. 
And the first thing we noticed when we went in here that was really interesting to us is there's literally a railroad track that runs right through this cemetery. Mm-hmm. And uh, after doing some research on the cemetery, we actually found that it's active. It's the only cemetery in the country that has an active railroad that runs through it. So it's a little creepy because there's no like stoplights or anything if a train's coming. So you literally have to look. Yeah. Or you might die in a cemetery. <laughs> like, what a way to, to tran- go. You don't have to transfer your body that far, though. Yeah, right? I mean, you're there. Yeah. Pretty convenient. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we drove around a little bit, and, um, you know, it's it's uh, one of the things I noticed with our cemetery visits is it's very sectioned off. Like, a lot of the older gravestones are by the older gravestones. The newer ones are by the newer ones. And then occasionally you get a little mix. And with this specific cemetery, it was kind of mixed because I remember there was a brand new headstone by the road, which is the one that caught my eye. And then I kind of looked to the left of it and I was like, oh, well, this guy died in 1945. That's a long time ago. And then I looked when he was born and I realized, okay, he's 20 years old, 45. My brain starts to turn and then I'm like, I wonder if he died in the war. Now, um, what do you think? Like 2006 is like the cutoff for when you look when you look up again. I know it yeah. sounds morbid. It sounds morbid because you have to look these people up. Right. Um, about 2006, I think, is around the cutoff. Anything prior to 2006, very difficult to find online. But now they have like all these online obituaries where people can comment. Um, people build like online shrines to people that have died. Oh, wow. Plus, there's Facebook. That's also yeah. really helpful, which yeah. is kind of weird. Mm-hmm. I know. It does sound strange, doesn't it? We're trolling a dead person's Facebook page, but we want to know their story. Right. So um, I didn't think we were going to find anything. The, the gentleman that died, his name was Raymond Novikovsky, 20 years old, and um, didn't have a miraculous headstone. You know, yeah, it was, it's kind of it's it's almost flush with the ground. Yeah, and it's it it's weathered. I worry about it's it. It's not one that's gonna jump out at you no. at all. Right, it, no. like you said, it's real low to the ground. It's it's that, that reddish. reddish color. Yeah. Um. So you know, like in the fall, it's gonna kind of blend in. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it's kind of funny that it had jumped out. Um, and you know, you tend to be attracted more to the, I hate to say attracted. <laughs> Again, can we watch the wording um, here? Cause I don't want to yeah. come up. I don't want to come out of this looking like word. the creepy guy. You, you seem to be more, uh, compelled by newer headstones where, um, I am more interested in the way older ones, the ones that are kind of crumbling, falling down. Um, if they've died in the 1800s, that's just like. Amazing to me. I want to point something out about her too, Woody, that I love about my wife is if she sees any flags that have fallen, she literally yells at me to stop the car. She will get out and she will go fix the flag on everybody's or even flowers that are like falling out of, mm-hmm. uh, 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 you know, if they have one of those hanging plants or something. Right. She goes and fixes it. Like, oh, But who wouldn't do that? I mean, that's what you do. I don't even notice it. You had like these these eyes that can lock in on anything that's not in its right place <laughs> and it doesn't matter that if might it's, be a girl thing maybe well it doesn't matter Attention if it's right detail. next to the car or if it's like all the way on the other side of the cemetery go we gotta fix this not that you sound like that <laughs> I was clearly say. i do 
But uh, yeah, so so Raymond's grave really it it didn't it didn't have anything about it that should have stood out, but for some reason for me it did, um, and I just decided well there's not going to be anything online because again before 2006 you just don't find anything online no. and, you know it just don't you don't, but I looked it up, and this is the weirdest thing there's a website called findagrave.com, mm-hmm. and their mission is pretty similar to what the mission of this podcast is in my mind is they they like to document different headstones and cemeteries and things like that. And if they can find articles and things, they attach it. Right. Somebody one month prior to us going to this cemetery found Raymond's obituary from the actual Menasha paper and posted it. So I was like, this is crazy. Like we, we can actually read about him and, it's, you know, prior to 2006, I got really excited to learn about him. And so we start reading about the obituary. We, we read about his death. Uh, he was killed by a sniper mm-hmm. in Nazi Germany. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Like, he was, you know, his family listed off his family. He had one brother. One brother. Um, his brother died in 2005, and he was in his late 70s. Um, no kids, no wife. So that was it. Yeah, there's no nieces or nephews for Raymond. There's no nothing. And so that's when this really gets complicated for us when we decide that it's time to kind of figure out how we can tell this story. Because I'll be honest with you, from the start of it, as interested as I was, I was also kind of upset because I knew – I'm not an investigator. I don't do this. Uh, this is not something that I'm good at. Yeah. Y- you actually have a, a connection to somebody at a, at a college, mm-hmm. which you reached out to, which was really cool. Yep. And Kat, you suggested we go to the Menasha Library and start looking stuff up, which I don't like doing book work. <laughs> <laughs> like, I do. But... It's, it's not my favorite thing to do. So there was there was kind of a, a speed bump at the start of this when we decided to do Raymond as the first person that we wanted to tell their story. And that was that we didn't know where to start. Right. One of our computer guys, Jacob, actually got you and I, Woody, started on our first part of this whole thing. Right. Um, I was like, because he knows everything about the, the internet and, you know, how all that works. Where to go. I still have an AOL email, so I'm just not the guy for this. Like, I'm not that guy. Uh but the cool you thing was when I, when I asked him, he's like, did you try the Wisconsin court system website? And it was like, no. Well, now we will. And as soon as we looked him up, the first thing that popped up was his estate settlement. When mm-hmm. he died, his brother. For, for Donald, is, yeah. Yeah, his this brother. is Raymond's brother, Donald. This is our only connection who lived into the 2000s that we right. know of. Yeah, his mom died in the 70s and dad dies in the 60s, so there would be really hard to find information on them too. But yeah, Donald lived till yep. 21st century. And he was the nearest person. We had to start there. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> we go there and so crazy, we find out who the estate goes to. And um, next up, it was pull out the phone book. Yep. Now, <laughs> this is the fun part. <laughs> this is this to me is silly because when you have a phone book situation, first of all, nobody answers their phone when you call them. Secondly, well, older older people do. Well, like and that was that was the saving grace here is right. this is an older person, or at least we assume it's an older person. Oh, yeah, you would have to be. Um, 
But we looked it up, and her number was there. And so <laughs> we had just had this big meeting about podcasting and, you know, the idea and, and all this stuff. And um, I think we just kind of said F it and decided to go for it yeah. that day. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> I try and call. And somebody picks up and goes, hello. And I go, hello. And they go, hello. No, but didn't you call on speakerphone? Wasn't that the issue? Well, yeah, she couldn't hear me. Yeah, and she yeah. hung up. And I'm like, right. well, that was, that was a quick ending. Mm-hmm. All right, where do we go next? Anticlimactic. I was like, done. I was ready to move on. I'm like, she hung up. Clearly, she doesn't want to talk to us. I'm done. Right. And then you were like, give me the number. Yeah. So then I called her not on speakerphone. And uh, I talked to her. She picked up the phone. I'm just, I'm just heading out the door. I'm going grocery shopping. Or she was heading somewhere. I forgot where. But asked her, you know, are you relation to, you know, to Donald Novakovsky? And she said yes. And it was just a distant cousin, right? Yeah, she was like a distant cousin, and she was the beneficiary of of his estate upon his uh, death. She. She really didn't know him that well. Which was which, such a bummer because yeah. when we found out when she said, yes, I'm related, I was like, <gasps> like I was thinking we we're going to get this treasure trove of yeah. information and she's probably got his medals because, you know, you mm-hmm. know, Raymond would have died and it's stuff would have went to his parents and then his parents would have passed it on to his brother and then his brother would have died and it would all went to her. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking we've hit it. Yep. This is it. We've- or even letters. Like if he wrote letters home, like there would Absolutely. be, she would have them. I'm like, yeah. this is awesome. No, I have nothing. She I says. have nothing. I have nothing. I was like, what? Can you tell us about Raymond at all? No. Oh, no. I was just a small child when he died. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. Cool. It sucks that it didn't work out the way we wanted, but right. man, we just got a step closer. And that was day one. Right. Well, then things slowed down because we couldn't find any other connections. And that's that's when <laughs> that's when I started to go, is this really maybe we just need to move on from Raymond. But there is just a little piece that was just nagging at me to mm-hmm. tell this story. And I had conversations with you about it. What do you had conversations with Kat about it? And it was a situation where it was like, we just need we need more information. We need more information. Right. I have a couple of friends that just happened to have researched their own grandfathers, and they were in World War II, and I passed on Raymond's information, which um, I want to talk about Raymond a little bit. First of all, he was born in 1924, died in 1945. Uh, he was originally a part of the United States Army Ordnance Department. Um, the best way I can describe what that is for anybody who doesn't know is they are responsible for acquiring everything that is needed for the arms of the military branch. So, like, mm-hmm. they have to get the weapons. They have to get the ammunition. They have to get the things that are needed to make all of that. That is their job, and it is a very important job because without arms, we can't fight a war. Right. And we'll get a little bit more into that specific outfit of what he did, but he eventually transferred over to a different um, part of the military, and that's actually probably what got him killed. Yeah, if, if he would have stayed in the ordinance, he would have probably stayed out of out of harm's way. I would imagine. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's one of those things. It's just it kills me to like know this story, but um, the fact that he could have avoided death. It, this it bugs me, man, because we do eventually get to know Raymond pretty darn well. Yeah. And I think we'll get more into that on the second part of the podcast. I don't want to go too much more into detail about Raymond yet, but I want to be able to get across that 
through our research, we did find and connect with Raymond. And I do believe Raymond wanted his story told because there were a few things that happened along the way that should not have happened. That were really, really, really kind of just coincidental slash there was something else leading us to these. It was was interesting. And I also want to point out that this story left me choked up on more than one occasion. Um, And I don't like to admit that because I, you know, I want to, I want to make sure y'all know I'm a manly man. No, he's not. I can attest (laughs) to this. I have seen him weep on a few occasions. Usually they're about puppies or dogs or movies. Right. Yeah. But I have seen it. He, he, he tries to play tough, but you're you're a big old teddy bear. Come well, on I like to think I'm a manly man. Okay, can hey, I like can I like men, to think that men have feelings too? Yeah, well, mine definitely came out on this, yeah. and um, the best way I can describe it is when we started to find all the things that we found about Raymond. Mm-hmm. It was like watching the movie Titanic, because you're totally brought into the story, and you're watching, and you're watching, but you know how it ends. You know how it ends, right? And that was the most difficult part. Absolutely. I mean, you're getting to know this person. Um, they feel like they're becoming your friend, you know, mm-hmm. and in the back of your mind, you're just you're waiting, you're flipping through pages, you know what's going to happen. And then all of a sudden it's that gut punch. And um, I mean, I I put a comment on Facebook about it because I just felt so silly, but I was sitting in a library sobbing for a stranger who died 41 years before I was born. Yeah. And, and what I what I hope people get out of this is I hope that they feel like they could have been friends with Raymond, and I hope that they can feel the pride that I feel knowing that his story was told, knowing that I learned about this 20-year-old kid who had everything going for him and had the best outlook while in war. And I can prove he had the best outlook right. because right. I have paperwork that shows what an outlook he had. Right. And we're going to talk about that through this podcast. But to know that he went there and he was so positive and that he wanted nothing more than to end the war and to get home to his family and get back to a normal life and I want people to feel the pride that this guy did so and sacrificed his life so that others could. And that's what's amazing about this story. So we'll continue with the story on Raymond. Uh, we're going to get into a lot more detail. But again, we just wanted to introduce ourselves to the audience. We wanted people to kind of understand um, what this podcast is about, telling the stories of people who have already passed on. And uh, kind of explain how we ended up into this weird situation where we're now doing a podcast on people. Like, what was it that interested us that yeah. made us want to do it? And I think it's it's awesome. So um, we'll end the podcast there, and we will thank everybody for uh, tuning in. We do have some uh, things you can do if you want to connect with us online. Um, we are on Facebook. Yeah, the Facebook.com slash Grave Conversations Podcast. Yeah. And then you can also reach us on Twitter at Podcast Grave. And then the other thing I want to let yeah. people know is we built out a web page where you can see photos of Raymond right now. And we're going to update that with more of the articles and things that we came across over time as the podcast goes on. If you would like a direct link to that, you can text GRAVE, G-R-A-V-E, to 31011. We'll send a link right to your phone. And you will be able to see photos of Raymond. Um, 
some of the articles that we some of the articles we have this high school photo up right now which we'll talk about how we got that yep um because again when we started this we had one photo the one that came on his obituary yeah so you'll be able to get all that text grave g-r-a-v to 31011 and like our facebook page follow us on twitter and we welcome you and thank you for joining us on the grave conversations podcast